Hello, ho, ho, and welcome to Arnold Schwarzenegger's Movies and More, where I talk movies and more. Did I do it? Okay, okay, alright, for real, this is the actual podcast, you didn't click on the wrong thing. I am so sorry for that, but also, you're welcome. Uh, as you might have guessed by the intro and reading the title, I am talking about the seminal classic, the holiday tradition worldwide, Jingle All The Way. Now, this film has a bit of a reputation as being not the best. Uh, it had a very tumultuous pre-production. It took a while to get this movie uh, out there and actually making it into a you know a real thing that you could go and watch. Uh, it was, I think it really got moving after a page one rewrite from Chris Columbus that tried to integrate more black humor and capitalist satire, uh, into the, into a script that had initially been pretty played out and a little toothless. And when the movie released, it was a lot of mixed receptions from kids who didn't really get a lot of the jokes, parents who were confused as to why what was sold to them as a as a holiday romp with Arnold Schwarzenegger, was taking a weirdly hard stance on capitalism and consumerism in the 80s, or in the 90s. And then a lot of critics saw it as kind of childish and not really saying a lot. They regarded it as lazily cynical. And I think uh, Roger and Ebert, I think this is one of the most hated movies of that year. I think this was a really negative review for them. So... When it came into theaters, it kind of crashed and burned, and it was intended to be the next Home Alone. Uh, The studio was counting on this being a juggernaut, and it certainly was not that. This movie didn't make a ton of money, was not well-received, and has kind of lived on an infamy as being pretty terrible. However, it does have a small cult following, I would certainly say, and it was the premise and the backstory of this movie alone were enough to intrigue me into thinking, okay, I have a passing interest in this. And after watching, all right, I'm about to name check two of my biggest influences here, but um, I definitely used to be very into the Nostalgia Critic before uh, before I went into high school for, for sure in middle school. I loved that dude, and I would watch every video, and I went through, like, his entire back catalog, and just in awe. I mean, this dude was changing the game, you guys. He was doing skits in his reviews, and they were funny, and it was it was just crazy, okay? I thought this was the best shit. And he has a review of Jingle All The Way, in which he really goes to town on this movie. He rips it a new one. This was not well-liked by him either. And so I definitely, that influenced my opinion for a while to think, oh, wow, this is this is really bad. Because depending on how you cut a review and how you rip into it, I mean, you can pretty much persuade the audience to think whatever you want. And this is not a knock on him at all. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there, that for sure the way it's reviewed, the way it's cut, everything, it definitely seems... A lot of these clips out of context are like, what? What? So I definitely regarded this as a terrible movie for a while. And then yesterday, the 
the podcast, Hey, Do You Remember, who is another very distinct, or which is another very distinct influence on me and my, like, reviewing and podcasting journey, uh, they covered it. And I was like, well, shoot. Because I really hate when they do movies that I haven't seen, and granted, that's a lot of movies that they cover, but at the same time, some of them exist as large enough presences in pop culture that I can kind of get it, and I know enough about the movies to make it through the episode and be like, okay, I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but I I get enough of it that I can follow along. This, on the other hand, I was like, okay, I know, I do know the premise, I know what happens, I know how crazy that ending is, and I, ah, I don't know, I kind of want to watch it, and, and it was on HBO, and I was like, fine, I'll watch it, so, I, I put it on as I was, like, heading to bed, I was watching it on my laptop, and, and then I went to bed, and then I, I woke up, like, early in the morning, and I couldn't go back to sleep, and I was just, like, tossing and turning, and I was like, fine, you know what, I hate, I, I hate this, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna finish Jingle all the way, so I finished it before school, uh, and I was prepared, I was ready to listen to that episode, and I was very excited, so, anyway, I did watch it, and I have to tell you guys, I loved it. I love this movie so much. It's bad. It is really bad. Don't uh, don't get that mistaken. It is not a good movie. Technically, it is not really well acted at all. For the most part, the writing is kind of standard and not great. But man, did I have such a good time with this. This movie is so stupid and s- simultaneously so charming. And I totally gave in. And I loved it. I loved it. So let's, let's, I mean, let's get into it. We start with Arnold uh, fulfilling a very typical arc. He is, or the beginnings of a very typical arc, moreover. He's an overworked dad who is too much into his work and he can't go see his, uh, his kid's important events in his life, like his karate class and everything. And he... You know, he's trying, but he just can't make it work. It's like Liar Liar. It's like the Santa Claus with an E, sort of. Uh, You know, you've you've seen it probably a thousand times. But I gotta tell you, I kind of liked it. And I like that the movie commits to him not being there for his kid and not doing what his kid wants him to do. And how you understand that he loves his son and his son loves him, yet they he can't just quite make it work. And I really liked that. And from the beginning, we meet the cop who is super sassy and very sarcastic. And this guy is fantastic and has a very punchable face. I think I would like to remark that I just didn't generally like his face. Anyway, uh, I, I like that he kept running into this guy. And I liked that he was a presence throughout the whole movie. And every time he runs into this stupid idiot, it's just more and more like, are you kidding me? So I I like that that's set up very early. And then he misses the karate class, of course. Goes home. We meet his wife, who is 
she's fine in this movie. She's not bad, but she's not great. Uh, I don't know what I'd know her from. I think this is the only movie I've seen her in, and I don't know who plays her, so I definitely don't know what else she's in. But, yeah, she's all right. And then Jake Lloyd is his son, which I don't... I mean, I mean, maybe, but, like, I don't really think that kid is that couple's son, if I'm being honest, but whatever. He... He's actually not terrible in this movie. I was surprised. He's not great, again, but he's really not bad. He's a totally passable child actor. He's certainly better than he was in Phantom Menace. And I think that really speaks to how a director can kind of make all the difference. And certainly this guy isn't a great director either. I think the most noteworthy other movie that he's done was the live-action Flintstones movie, which... I mean, that movie is just a dumpster fire. So, certainly, he's nothing to write home about, but I can definitely say that in his hands, Jake Lloyd is a lot better of an actor than uh, when George Lucas is behind the camera. But I also like how this kid is legitimately angry and how disappointed he is and how you can tell that this isn't the first time this has happened and that they both kind of know this is going to happen again. And Arnold's desperate to win him back, but it's sort of just not working. And that was really funny, just Arnold making a fool of himself. And then he kind of has to quietly, you know, he takes off the headband. And he, like, he sees his posture kind of change. And he has to legitimately own up and apologize to for his, you know, his actions. And I liked that. Like I said, it's, an, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's nothing to write home about. It's not great. But it is at least at the bare minimum. It's a it's good setup for an arc and it's a good physical performance. I liked that. And then yeah, so he asked for the doll and and then actually I did want to highlight this next scene because I was very confused by it. So is this so I think I think this is supposed to be that she told him weeks ago that he wanted this doll, and then he, okay, wait, so so he, he forgot, he was supposed to pick it up, he forgot, he's reminded of it by his kid, but then, but then, okay, this is why it's confusing, because I think that's how it's supposed to play, she said it weeks, to him weeks ago, his kid says it again, and he still hasn't picked it up, but she th- thinks he has, and then he's like, <gasps> the doll! And you get that kind of cool shot where she ducks down and the camera moves towards him. But if that's the case, then he literally just, like, you just talked to your son about it. You definitely just left your room, changed into your pajamas, and you're now ready to get to bed. Because, like, that just that just doesn't make sense. There's no way he forgot about it that quickly. So then the other way I could interpret this scene was this is weeks later after that and he's since forgotten and now, but that also doesn't make sense because in the beginning of the movie, it's a holiday party, which, you know what, that doesn't make sense either because if it's a holiday party, okay, that's one thing, but he's still working. Why is he still working? Why? Why? Like, if he's at the holiday party and he's spending too long there and then misses his son's karate class, that works. But if he's at the office 
and he's working too long, and he misses his son's karate class. That works too, but what? What? You you don't need both. Like what the holiday party factors into this? Not at all. But it makes more sense if because we know that the that this is Christmas Eve. That's the the day that this whole movie basically takes place on is him running around Minneapolis trying to find the Turbo Man action figure. And this is Christmas Eve. We know the clock is ticking. And so it doesn't make sense that the holiday party would be weeks before that. It'd make more sense that the holiday party is the day before Christmas Eve. Offices are closed Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. But then the scene doesn't make sense. I don't know. It's, you kind of have to watch it to see what I'm saying. But like, I'm trying, I'm hoping I'm explaining it well. It's so bizarre. I, I don't even, I don't understand what they were going for there. But... Regardless, the point is, he forgot the action figure. He forgot the D-O-L-L. And so he's going out. His son is kind of disappointed. Uh, But he's going out, and he's going to try to pick it up, even though at this point, it'll be impossible to find. And I do love how, even right from the jump, we are continuously reminding him that he really messed this up and that Turbo Man is everywhere. His son's reading a Turbo Man comic, eating Turbo Man cereal. He's in Turbo Man pajamas. I loved all of that. That was, that's really great. Just constant reminders that of this toy and of this character. And that's really great. And it's going to continue throughout the film. So, really quick here. I don't want to let this episode run on too long. I think I should preserve some of the film so you can view it for yourself if you haven't yet. But, uh, but yeah, it's... From here, basically, one comedic misadventure after the other. He meets Sinbad, who starts to be an antagonist throughout the movie. Uh, Honestly, I'm just going to highlight some of my favorite moments. So, I love the part when they start laughing at him because he wants a Turbo Man thing. And he pulls the other guy, and they're both laughing at him, and then he picks him up. That's really great. When he starts beating up the cardboard cutout, that's really great. When Sinbad's yelling and he grabs that woman, like, what? That was all definitely ad-libbed. Like, I don't even, I don't even understand what the point of that story was, but that was great. Um, the bomb, oh my god, the package with the bomb, that was so fantastic. And then there actually is a bomb. Sick world we living in, sick people. Like, what? The only thing that could have made that moment better is if you never see those people, those cops again. Like, you cut to the the weird Looney Tunes thing where they're all smoky and charred and everything, but they're still alive. Like, it would have been so much better if you never see those cops again. Um, What else? The lottery, when they're handing out the lottery balls, and then he's chasing the one, and ends up in that kid's hands and he's trying to get to that kid and the kid puts it in her mouth and then he's getting beat up by all those moms and then right from there we transition to the to the counterfeit santa workshop where they give him the turbo man that speaks spanish and falls apart and then he has a ninja duel with a bunch of santas and then there's that big santa and then he freaking he fakes the the id he does that thing oh I just watched Rush Hour again the other day. Rush Hour, still a great film. I love Rush Hour so much. And after having just finished Julius Caesar, the Shakespeare play, there's better characterization of those characters than there is in Caesar. You can't change my mind. 
you can't, you can't, it's better. Anyway, he, there's a moment in that movie which, uh, where he's like, and this has always been one of my favorite parts, where it's the picture on the badge that gets me, and then it's the, it's like the one-two punch of the picture of him, and then how he, he's trying to teach him how to flip it open really quick and then flip it back so that they don't see that, uh, obviously the bad person carrying the badge is not, it's definitely not his badge. And then there's a there's a same moment in this movie where he grabs a toy badge and he flips it really quick and he pretends to be an undercover agent. Man, that was great. All of this. I, I mean, it's bizarre. It's crazy, but it's so good. Uh, okay. I I think that's honestly a lot of that. That's about it. Oh, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't skip over the part <laughs> where... Where he breaks into the house. Oh, man. And the setup of the joke before that where he names the reindeer Ted and the whole thing about getting a divorce. It worked wonder for my dad. And then, which Phil Hartman is so good in this movie. I love how progressively he just gets more and more creepy. And the, the thing with the with the cookies, he's like, oh, these cookies. And he's put that cookie down. I'm like, what the hell? But it's it's so weird, but it's so good. And then he, he burns his hand and he yells at the kids. Ah, hilarious. And um oh and she cold clocks him at the end with the with the thermos. That was great. So but yeah, and they named the reindeer Ted, and then he's he calls his son and he's like Oh, she's petting Ted, and whatever, and he's like, are you coming to the parade, and he says, immediately, and all that stuff, and he ends up, yeah, whatever, whatever, uh, but he ends up back in the neighborhood, and he just tries to steal the, the Cherubo Man doll from under Ted's Christmas tree, and this is a great set piece, like the, the fire, and he kicks the head out the window at the carolers, and then, the reindeer charges in and everything, and that whole deal, and then they bust in on him, and, <laughs> oh man, so good. And then after that, after he punches the reindeer, and then they're sitting on the stoop together, and he's drinking with the reindeer, that was, I mean, I don't even know who came up with that, but best idea ever. I think that moment should be in every Christmas movie, but... Uh, and then we, yeah, we, we moved to the parade, just right after that, and this is also a great sequence, is it stupid? Yeah, does it kind of jump the shark a hundred thousand percent, but did I still totally love it? Yeah, so, I mean, he gets strapped in, they put a jetpack on him, they make those offhanded jokes about how the guy has brain function again. <laughs> after they tested the jetpack the first time and then yeah he is turbo man and he's got the suit and the jetpack and everything and it looks like everything's going good and then he selects jamie but then sinbad crashes in as the the evil guy and they're duking it out and um he ends up throwing booster off the parade float and then I love the running joke of everyone hating Booster, and then all the kids just start assaulting him. That's fantastic. Uh, and, yeah, it turns into, like, a full-on superhero ending with the the jetpack, and he's flying around the city, and there's 
all the stuff, he keeps running into stuff, and he tries to catch his kid, but he misses, he has to fly back around, and all that stuff, that was all really good, and very well structured, and I like how he, it literally just takes a hard left turn into actually a superhero film for a minute, so, I mean, yeah, that's, it's so weird, and it does not belong in this movie at all, but I think in context, it kind of works, and I was willing to go with it, and yeah, he saves, he saves his son, he he makes everything up to him, and then the movie ends the only way it could have, when he gives him the toy, and I felt so ashamed of myself, but I, um, when he gives him the toy, I was like, oh, and I was like, you idiot, what are you doing? This is jingle all the way, have you forgotten what you're watching? But in the, but in the moment, I was like, oh, he gives him the toy, he's his friend now, I was just, uh, so, so beside myself, this movie is fantastic, you should definitely get on it, uh, you need a mattress the way you've been sleeping on it, okay, trust me, great film, and that's about it, that's all I have to say, I should really go eat, I'm getting a little bit hungry, I think that's about it for me today, and I would like to remind you again, that this is not my official Christmas episode, this is just a bonus episode, of the podcast, my official Christmas episode, I would like the film in question to be voted on by you. Yes, you, the listener. There are a bunch of ways that you can get in contact with with me, with the show, whatever. I went over them on the most recent episode that just dropped a couple minutes ago, uh, before I recorded this one, but I'm going to remind you just in case. So, if you want to contact me personally and want to see what I've been up to, where I've been going, uh, pictures you know, that correspond with some of the stories I tell on the, on the show, you can follow me on Instagram at geovangelie1. If you want to follow the show on Instagram where I post updates on new episodes going up or what topics I'm going to be covering, you can follow at moviesandmorepod. If Instagram isn't really your bag, totally get it. You can email me at Giovanni er, oop, no, 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 um, at moviesandmorepod at gmail.com. Definitely wasn't about to give out my personal email address. And then, if none of that's your thing, I get it. I would love if you would leave a review. You can do that right in app. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. It really helps out the show. Whew. Okay. Seriously, though, I just gave you so many outlets to contact me. Please tell me what you want to hear, okay? I want. I really want some listener-curated suggestions for the Christmas episode. And I know you hear me, but are you really listening? Please, send them my way. All right, for real, I'm going to get out of your hair, have a fantastic day, and eat some Christmas cookies. It's the season. Peace.